All right, hey everybody, this is Ashley. And this is Aaron. Close <laughs> these notes. Aaron, look. Keep it going. Okay. <laughs> okay. We get this out. Hey guys, welcome back to this week's episode of A Perspective. Perspective. I'm Ashley. And I'm Aaron. And thank you guys so much for joining us another week. We appreciate it as always. Welcome! Yes, and we're so happy to have you here and be bringing to you guys a great new episode. Mm -hmm. And before we get started, let's take care of a little business. Business will be quick. All I want to say is thanks for getting your booties to the pole. Booty to the poles. Yes. All right. Now that we got our booties to the pole, let's go ahead and get our booties to the show. And we're going to get things started with five questions. Yes. Five questions is an opportunity for you all to get to know us a little better. It's also an opportunity for us to get to know each other a little more. We ask five questions, and they range from funny to sad to thought-provoking, and we try to ask them in interesting and fun ways. So are you ready? Ready. I am actually excited about these five questions. I have been going over them. (laughs) (laughs) I've been going over them. I've been looking at them. I've even, yeah, whatever. All right. Let's get going. Question one. So question Mm -hmm. one is actually dedicated, or it's in honor of you, Ashley. You were the inspiration behind (laughs) Oh, shoot. What's that going to mean? Okay. You inspired it. So, you talk about united fronts and the importance of them for couples. Before we get to the actual question, can you define what a united front is for those that are just now joining the conversation? Gosh, it's, it's basically like having you and your partner having each other's back more so when you're in public spaces. Um, you know, everybody around don't need to know that y'all may have shit going on or y'all don't just, dis- I mean, that y'all don't agree about something. For instance, if we're in front of a crowd and I'm recounting the conversation that maybe you and I had or saying something about us having plans to do. And if you don't necessarily remember that conversation, that is not the time for you to be like, I ain't say that. <laughs> we going to do that. Oh, we doing that. Nah, I ain't know that. Nah, it's not the time for you to say that. The time for you to say it is we we in the car by ourselves on the way home, and then you tell me you do not remember what I said, but not in front of the crowd. We are supposed to be a united front, strong one in front of everybody. That's my definition. <laughs> so, question one is... Question. Okay. <laughs> oh, shit. What does a united front look like amongst friends? Same thing. What you mean? Like, say, I mean, I'm going to have, I should have my friends back, especially when we're out in public. If we, you know, um, shoot, I'm going to use the example, girlfriends, when uh, Tony was ready to fight, everybody should have been ready to fight. Although we did understand Joan's uh, view, Joan should at least try to act like she was swinging on somebody. I mean, you just have your (laughs) friends back. I mean, I guess, and, and also, I mean situations depend just as if within relationships 
or romantic relationships with the United Front. Some things I can see being challenged out in public, but for the most part, I'm gonna need for at least 95% for you to have my back. Like, I gotta be wrong, wrong for you to address me in public and tell me that's not right. <laughs> so your example, <laughs> your example was from girlfriends, and it is girlfriends that actually inspired the question. I think for me, oh, okay. United Front amongst friends is slightly different in the sense that I think friends can have disagreements in front of people, but I don't think mm-hmm. others can join it on the disagreement and take sides. If that makes sense. No, no. See, that's the same as if I'm using myself. I feel like Robin and I didn't have some disagreements in front of you. I would not find it appropriate for you to jump in and be like, well, Robin, <laughs> Ashley did say, you know, even though when we talk later, you better say, well, you're right. Cause you did, you know, whatever. Now you better say, but you know what I mean? Like you, you have your friends back or whatever, but I don't think it's appropriate for outsiders to jump in, which is another reason why to me, United Fronts can be so, I mean, like United Fronts are so important because sometimes you're around people that think that it's okay to jump in. And this is an A and B conversation. Like, that shouldn't even be a conversation in front of C. So C don't feel the need to jump in and get D and E and F and G. Like, nah, <laughs> nah. <laughs> Everybody just, ooh, United Front. That's Boop. a good question, though. So I was just thinking about that after watching season seven of Girlfriends is what does a United Front look like amongst friends? And I thought, why not ask him five questions? And just real quick, I'm sorry, I'm just going to add mm-hmm. on real quick and then we can move on so I don't take too much time. But, um... You know, I, I feel like with our friendship, me, you, and CC, we've always had like that pretty much that united front. Like people have questioned like the way we talk to each other, but this is our friendship. You know what I mean? And it's and I understand that some outsiders may not fully grasp that you know our friendship and maybe the way that we talk to each other at times or whatever the case may be. But it is not for them to feel like they need to jump in and play Captain Save a Ho to anybody. <laughs> we know what we're saying to each other. We know how to take each other. We know how to respond to each other. Like don't think that we're mean just because of how we talk to each other. This is our relationship and it's how we handle things. Anyway, Ooh, I'm sorry. Okay. I just that just made me no. think of that. So now I'm just gonna <laughs> add one more thing to it. I also think that a difference amongst uh, I guess the difference or a united front amongst friends could also mean or could also imply that if shit is going left between you and I, that doesn't necessarily mean that I need to talk about it, discuss it or bring it up in front of anyone else. If anyone right. asks how Ashley's doing or what's going on, if we ain't seeing that out right now, my comment needs to my response needs to be she's good. She's fine. Mm-hmm. And keep it moving and keep it moving. Because that's just saying anything other is inviting people into this. And and there goes your front. The front is taken down anyway. Versus like a a couple, when it's a rat, the relationship is over. You're not really necessarily walking around saying, oh, they're still doing good or we're still together. Like you've deaded the relationship when it's over. And you and I, I feel like people make that known. But when friends end, it's not as easy to vocalize that. And so when I'm going to say it's not as easy to vocalize that, I just don't think that's. That's an area to me that's that's slightly different when we're talking about united front amongst friends versus lovers. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Question two. Let's lighten it up. Just well, that wasn't heavy. Anyway, question two. I really thought about this question too. Is like when we say it also gives us an opportunity to learn a little more about each other. I realize I don't know the answer to this question. So, if you took your grandmother's maiden name on your mom's side, what would your last name be? Bradshaw. (laughs) Really? Mm -hmm. That's Granny's like, okay. Mm -hmm. What would yours be? (laughs) 
Roach. Yes. Shut up. I don't think I ever knew that. I have my well, my aunt is my great aunt is a roach. Because oh, really? of her Yeah, because of her late husband. Wow. Look at that. Look, Look at something we, new we learned. Well, Aaron, we already related. So I ain't even <laughs> But we can look now. We need to we need look, to research that line. We need to research that. That's oh. very interesting. Well, thanks to my uncle, most of our family tree on my mom's side is is online. It is on that ancestry thing because he's that's his thing. Oh. Mm-hmm. It's up there. Now I'm about to see. That's gonna be something else. You and Granny Pearl got Lord. She gonna be hype. Watch. Let me call her. Well, like, also. Shout out to our, our our father's grandparents. What is what is uh what is your um grandmother's maiden name on your dad's side? Let's not leave Bond. them out too. <laughs> Bond. Ours is still Jones. Yes. Hey. Yeah. All right. Justin, keeping up with the Joneses. Okay. Hey. <laughs> Question three. Uh huh. Okay. Can masturbation become boring? Explain. I can't. I'm gonna say no. I mean, my I have a really good imagination. Um, it's always fun for me. <laughs> like it, that, I don't even. How can you be bored pleasing yourself? Like you're supposed to have that down pat. Like <laughs> boring. I guess if you let somebody, the wrong person, into your mind, but you're supposed to already have that lined up. Like you should have a whole. <laughs> Listen, I read something online. Oh my gosh. I can't even remember what it is. It was something on one of them nasty um Instagram pages I follow. Not nasty, um, sexual. Let me use that word. One of the sexual pages I follow um mentioned something about that. It said, you know she's you know she's a G or something like that when she can when she uses her own imagination for masturbation. Something, something like to that effect. And I was like, huh, like I mean, I I don't know what else you I mean, I guess if you're watching the wrong porn, see, I don't know. I don't. I don't want to tell too much up here about my own life, but I don't know how that could be boring. I no. actually think the answer is yes, huh. and I don't think it has anything to do with what you're envisioning or your source. Uh, the source, whatever. I don't think it has anything to do with okay. your imagination. I think it can become boring uh, based on how often you do it. That to me oh, is where okay. it could potentially become boring. And I was thinking about those who are single, who live by themselves, and who are not having sex during the Rona season, but they're still trying to get off, right? To have gone from March until now doing nothing but yourself, there may be a time or a period where you're like, gosh, I don't feel like doing this today. Where like you're really just doing it for the nut, not necessarily for the enjoyment that comes with it. Mm. So, it's not necessarily like, can they... my imagination get sparked and peaked and all those things? Yes. Do I think that if you did it on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday for four or five months straight without any other interaction from someone else? Or, I mean, without any other touch from someone else, then maybe, or maybe born oh, okay. the Okay, you cleared word. up that interaction because I was going to say, <laughs> I mean, you can get it, you can, some phone sex, I mean, like some, uh, some FaceTime, you know? Is phone sex masturbation? I mean, masturbation is a part of phone sex, but it's phone sex masturbation. If you're if you're pleasing yourself, then I think so. That person on the other end is just kind of like 
giving you, I guess, the the ammunition to keep going or whatever, like the or maybe some motivation, depending on what that person is saying, because you could be having, I mean, look what we saw in season seven of Girlfriends, like it could be some boring phone sex, like, and that may not, you know, but yeah, I mean, I still think, I still consider that masturbation because no one's touching you but you. Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah, yeah. I, I had to think that about that. Question. question. Question three? Question three. No. No, four. Question four. Okay. Now, this is a one, two, three. Okay. And it's either chili and cornbread or chili and rice. And so we'll just say, we'll just say cornbread or rice. Okay. All right. One, two, three. Rice. Neither. What? <laughs> <laughs> I don't like chili. You know, I was gonna ask that too. I was like, you, does Ashley I was about to say, like Aaron, you know this about me. You know that I don't like chili. Oh God! But I will take the cornbread, and you can keep the chili, <laughs> or I'll take the rice. Give me some butter and sugar, and you know we can do that too. You could just eat rice by itself with butter and sugar. Oh God! What? I'm gonna make that reminds me. I'm gonna make some rice pudding too. You know what? Oh, and God. here we go. I knew when you said you was, see, I knew when you said you was excited about five questions that at some point I was going to end up sounding fat. <laughs> 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 oh, and here I go. But yeah, what? man, rice pudding. What? Yes. Mm. Ugh. I don't... Okay. Rice pudding is good. If you ain't never had it, I mean, you can't knock it until you try it. One. The rice pudding my grandma used to make was bomb. And she used to make little dishes for me because really I, me and her were like the only ones who would eat it. Um, my mom didn't like it. And my granddaddy used to say he ain't want that sweet. He ain't like sweet rice. Like don't give him no sweet rice. But I love sweet rice. Butter and sugar or like or the bread. I mean rice pudding, which is basically the same thing. But You're lucky I respect uh-huh. my elders. So okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh! <laughs> don't do it. All right. Yes. Question five. So, in honor of girlfriends, we've been, we've been, we, it's, it's been the topic of conversation week after week mm-hmm. after week. And we are on season seven, and we will be discussing it later on. But I figured I'd ask this question now, so that way we can dive into it later on. Question five. Mm-hmm. Describe season seven of girlfriends in seven words. Hmm. Slow, forced, predictable... Um, backpedal, backpedaling, um, sweet, relatable. What would be my seventh word? I'm looking for a different word other than entertaining. Hmm. I'll say enjoyable. It was enjoyable. Enjoyable. Yeah. Okay. That's my seven. I still have questions about that, but I'm going to wait. Okay. Okay. Mine are relatable. Growth. Okay. Mature. Mm. Uh, relevant. Funny. Emotional. Mm. And I would That's say... What's the word? I don't know. What's another word here? It would be... Heartfelt. Okay. Heartfelt. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I really... Yeah. Okay. And that was five questions. And that was five questions, guys. We hope you enjoyed that round. We clearly learned some new things about each other. We may be, you know, really related through blood. You know, hey, it just goes with how we've been you know, for all these years. Rice pudding comment, but okay. 
With the who? With that, the what? The oh, right. <laughs> That's going to conclude today's episode. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, if you want to get at us about any other five questions, if you want to give us your answers, or if you want to give us any suggestions for questions to ask in the future, plug. Remember, you can reach out to us on Instagram at a perspective underscore underscore. You can email us a perspective no e at the end at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Facebook, a perspective with Aaron and Ashley. And it is now time for Under My Skin. Yes. And as always, I'm going to go first. And on this week's Under My Skin, I'm going to give a special shout out to my surroundings. (laughs) That being my neighbors, the ones upstairs, and the one across the hall. Uh, I also don't care if any of them can hear me because they need to know how annoying they are. And I'm going to give a bonus. Actually, I'm going to add in as a bonus my new next door neighbor, which I'm pretty sure may not really be our neighbor because I don't know if they have furniture over there and they party a lot. But whatever. That's neither here nor there. Um, So for the past, I think we got new neighbors upstairs maybe like a month or two ago. And they have hardwood floors because, you know, we in the condos and some people are different or whatever. So some, mm-hmm. har- some have hardwood, some have carpet. They have hardwood. I know this because, one, I knew because of how fucking heavy they walk up there. Y'all gonna have to excuse my language because when I tell y'all I'm upset, like I'm over this shit. Um, they walk super heavy. And, you know, I, I looked up the house on Zillow. I mean, I looked up the condo on Zillow because I needed to see what the dynamics were. Like, why <laughs> does it sound like it's elephants on top of me? I be wondering, you know, did we do something to y'all? Did we do something to offend y'all? And so now you want to stomp around and let us know that you are upset. And then um, every night here lately, around 12 o'clock over top of the bedroom, it's like they drop something on the floor. It almost sounds like a weight. And it's like they drop it and it's like a big boom. And then it sounds like they're running away. And it's just like, yo, what the fuck is happening up there? It's crazy. I don't know. Um, But it's driving me crazy. And I'm over it. I have banged on the ceiling a couple of times. So I also um, saw which parking spot they lived in. I mean, they um, parked in or whatever, because they tell you that on Zillow, whatever. Um, What does it tell you on Zillow? Like, I mean, because we have a sign parking out here. So Mm -hmm. it tells you which parking spot comes with your (laughs) condo or whatever. And so I saw their number and I said, oh, y'all right across from me. I don't know if I'm going to leave a note or if I'm just going to have to go up there. Like, I've been trying to, like, not go up there. At one point, Robin was about to go up there. and I was going to say, Robin hasn't gone yet? Oh, listen, I had to stop her because I knew. knew It just was not going to be good. And I want to make sure, like, if I approach them, it's going to be, you know, like, I don't want to start beef with my neighbors. And it's Mm -hmm. always going to be, you know, respectable. At least that's the way I'm going to start it. Now, if you continue after I've said something to you and been nice, like, then we're going to have to um, do things a little different. But yeah, Robin, like, when, man, she scared the crap out of me, too. We were working from home one day, and they, I don't know what they had did, and all of a sudden, I heard something slam down, and at the same time, I was, like, standing up to see, like, what that noise was, and it was Robin, like, I'm sick of this shit, and then she was on her way to the door, and I had to jump in front of her, like, wait, 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 hold on, <laughs> like, let's be rational about this, but it's just, I mean, it is super annoying, and I just feel like, come on, man, like, be mindful of the fact that people are underneath you, so, um, that's that neighbor, my other neighbor across the hall, I'm pretty sure they're getting on everybody's nerves. I don't know what's up with them. I called a dude, DJ Khaled. He really reminds me of <laughs> DJ Khaled. Like, big dude, got the beard and everything. Um, he walks around in slides. Like, a couple times I've come home and his slides are outside the door on the doormat. I'm just like, I'm just like, what's happening here? But anyway, um, they're just, they have kids. 
and it'd be like 12, one o'clock in the morning and they're coming down the, the our little walkway or whatever outside the door. And the little boy is just like making all this noise. I mean, he's like, oh, oh, like just, you know, like I understand like being a kid and I don't, you know, I don't know what's really going on with them. If there's something other, you know, other than that, but it's just the fact that it'd be like 12, one o'clock in the morning. Like, dude, you got neighbors that that's just not okay. Like y'all can, and then you can hear them being like, shh, shh. But it's like, come on. I mean, you can't control your kid. Like, that's shush. That's shush. It's not mm-hmm. working. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not. And I just, uh, I don't. But they don't bother me as like as much as the people upstairs. Now, them, you like I said, it's about 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. I I know when they're coming. I know it's them. Because usually I can hear the wife shushing. And then I'll hear the little boy. And then I'd be like, Lord. And then the little girl. And then I'd be wondering, why are these kids up this late? But anyway, they're not my kids. I can't. <laughs> No, that's not any of my business. But yes, my neighbors have been getting on my nerves. Um, and like I said, my bonus, the the next door neighbor. I mean, they're, 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 he's actually nice. I've, I've met him a couple of times. I just don't know. Like, I mean, it'd be like a party zone over there. And I'm a little offended because they never invite me over. That's what really just, you know, makes me upset because... I be seeing them come come down to Jankwick like gallon tequilas it's like gallons of tequila you know the gallon size bottle and I'm just like damn what kind of party y'all having and then I'm gonna whisper this because I don't want to blow a spot he be having like a different chick like every other you know like what's <laughs> happening what's really happening so over you do there? see so people anyway. going besides you see people oh, actually yeah, yeah. going I see people going, but we have never seen furniture come in. Okay, and mind you, Robin works from <laughs> home every day. I work from home a couple of days a week, you know, and it I've ne- never. And I remember the lady that used to live there, and I remember when she moved out, and, and we heard them doing construction work over there, and that was it. Never seen a moving truck, just start seeing this dude pop up out of nowhere. So I was like, wow. But yeah, so those are the things that got under my skin this week. What about you? I am... I won't say I'm upset. So for those that are listening, you know, Apple just released their whole new line of iPhones and they are coming out. They've been coming out and staggered. They are coming out at two separate times, unlike previous years. And so the phone that I want is coming out next week. Pre Pre-orders were on the 6th and they officially come out on the 13th. Now, I have never bought an iPhone or any phone without touching it, seeing it, holding it. To look at it it's i don't know it's just a thing like you need to try that yeah. i need to know because to return a phone <laughs> yes to return a phone is a process to there's just a number of things all right but this time i'm really i was gonna i'm gonna do it right i'm gonna get the phone i'm gonna pre-order it because my phone has cracked and now i'm back to my eight and it, there's just a number of things but when i went to go order the iphone It told me that while it is being released on the 13th, they're not going to ship my phone until about the 15th of December. What? What? So. What? (laughs) Boy, I thought you were about to say at least the 15th of November. And I'm about to say, well, that's kind of some bullshit. But uh, December? Actually, I I wouldn't even say nothing if it was the 15th of November. I would have been like, oh, that's just in a couple more days for me to wrap my head around how much this phone is about to cost me. Right, right, right. No. What's the reason? What's what's the reason? I mean, they're saying, you know, the Rona and delays and all the things that everyone is using to rationalize why things aren't operating uh, <laughs> no, under... In a, on a normal basis. Yes. Which yeah. I'm not disputing and I'm not taking away from. I don't know. I don't work at Apple. I'm not in China like the rest. I'm sorry. That just, you oh. know, who I'm thinking of when I said that. Oh, my God. <laughs> 
you all know who says it like that. It's it's, but that is where they make them ship the phone. So anyway, I that's just that is blowing me because I feel like I've been patiently waiting, and at some point it felt like time was speeding up in terms of my desire to get the phone matching when it was actually coming out, and now to be hit with a December, not even December one, not like mid December date. Of when it will be yeah. shipped. We don't even know when it's going to actually get here. But when it will right. be shipped. Damn. Bothers me. Really bothers me. So did you me. still like, did you still get it? I mean, no, you still I did got not. the phone? I did not get oh, it okay. yet. Oh, okay. Because I am now trying to decide, or now I want to go actually go to the Apple store and see if I get it and see if I would be able to get the phone that I want and the size that I want on that day that it comes out in the Apple store. I was going through Sprint. Like my carrier Sprint, I was going to get it through Sprint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that that December fifteenth date threw me off. So now, before I buy it online, I want to go to Apple and see if I buy it through them or will they have it available on that day? Because they may have some shipped directly to the Apple Store. You never know. But online, that's not the case. And I mean, Ashley, when I tell you I have gone to like four or five different Sprint, which I guess is now T-Mobile stores, and an Apple Store just mm-hmm. to pick up and touch at least the pro so that I could see the new design and then even to touch the 11 pro max so that I can get as close to the size. Like I've done a, I've I've done a number of things before I could, before I decided that I was going to actually buy the phone because anyone knows anything more than $7, I need to think twice about. And (laughs) so I needed to just keep reassuring myself that this purchase was going to be good. Although I'm going to still end up getting it. Right. Right. Because I also want to get a new watch and I want to get a new, uh, set of airpods so i'm about to give you know i'm about to upgrade everything and okay. it was starting with the phone <laughs> hey did you see the new ivy park release anyway oh that's another thing beyonce do you not understand or whoever runs ivy park do you all not understand that people are gonna buy what you put out on day one so why do you day not one, stock up enough one. <laughs> to avoid things being sold out i didn't even mm. realize that was that I can't even buy mm. can't even buy half of what you have up there. But you actually step mm. up your descriptions of things, and she has you know non gender conforming clothes, and she has a whole yeah, bunch of things. Yeah, I saw that. That, that was I mean, dope. and even things that I could fit just because of my size, regardless. But all sold out. I wasn't even going to buy it on day one because you know the prices. I needed to build myself up for even that. But when I went to go look at it, sold out. So dang. Anyway, that's what got under my skin. Apple. And now Ivy Park. But you can make up for it, Beyonce, if you just drop some new music, okay? I I can get over it if you drop a new album or some new music or a video, something. And that's what got under my skin. And that's what got under our skin this week. Yeah, man. Hey, I feel you on Ivy Park. Matter of fact, um, side, well, not side note, but um, one of my friends is waiting for something to be shipped from Ivy Park and it was supposed to be shipped on the first and it still hasn't been shipped yet. They said they're still processing. (laughs) She was upset about that the other day, so... Listen, it's real out here. It's real. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, the moment you've all been waiting for, <laughs> it's time for us to go ahead and move on to what are we watching? And if you've been listening for the past few weeks, you already know we have been watching my girlfriends. My yes. girlfriends. <laughs> yes, I really be thinking I can hit it sometimes. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> 
Let's go ahead and get into, well, if you listen to the last mini so we only did half of season seven because we had not yet gotten through all the episodes. And now we have uh, somewhat <laughs> gotten through, well, I well, I was a little slack this time around, uh, but I did watch what was required of me in order to talk today. So <laughs> it is time. It is time to finish out season seven, which really, I mean, there's only like one or two episodes I didn't see at this point, so I'm okay with it. But yes, let's go ahead and finish out season seven. And where do you want to start, Aaron? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Maybe overall thoughts of season seven? I don't know. So overall for me, season seven, I did get past the whole... Tony's not here thing, you know, after we talked on the, on a mini sold and I decided to use a different perspective to view the show. So I was pretty happy about the ending of season seven. I thought it, I thought as a whole, it came together. Yes. There were some things that I felt like I was missing, but it is what it is, you know? Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm thinking because you mentioned growth as one of the words that you would use to describe season seven. Can I just ask uh, maybe who you were speaking of? I think or, all or of them you have speaking grown. of anyone or, okay. I think all of them, I think I could look at season seven and see how each main character, Lynn, Maya, Joan, William have grown. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I really appreciated season seven. Like I really enjoyed season seven. And yeah, man, like, I don't know, like, once I actually sat down, for those that listened to the mini-sode, it was, it, it wasn't, it was more of a, like, just finding the time to actually sit down and get into it. But once I sat down, like, I was in it, man, every episode, I, I appreciated it so much. Mm-hmm. I think I, I'm going to agree with you on the, on the appreciation part. I appreciated season seven, um, again, as I mentioned in the mini-sode, because I had not seen those episodes. So it was like a new show for me, but I also appreciated uh, Maya and Darnell in season seven. Yes. That really gave me, I don't, it, oh my gosh, there were so many real moments with them, relatable moments that reminded me of my own marriage. And so I was just like, yo, this is, that was the good part. You know what? That was the best part of it for me. So that'll be my season seven, what I took away or, you know, my overall was just, I appreciated seeing Maya and Darnell. And there were other good moments in it too, but Maya and Darnell did it for me. All right, so let's start with William and Monica. Because they're normally quick. And So when we last talked about William and Monica, we were t- discussing how we felt about them as a couple. And we saw that William was having some doubts about Mary and Monica, but they went through with the wedding. And at the wedding, William is making his toast to Darnell, who was his best man, and inadvertently says some disparaging things. Well, pretty much just talks about how he was feeling about getting married, about being scared and, you know, about Mary and Monica and all this other stuff, not realizing that what he was saying was just so negative. Um, and especially to be saying on her wedding day, you know, like this, we're married and this is my first time ever hearing about your doubts and I'm having to hear about it at our wedding reception in a room full of our family and friends, you know? So um, they end up splitting up and it's over, I think it's over a month that they're not together. Monica goes back to, I believe, Chicago with her family. And William is, William has spent, what? William spent some time trying to, 
You, a basket case? Yes, William William did lose it. He spent some time trying to get Monica back. Um, but we do see them get back together at the end of the season. They do end up together. But what did you think about, really, what did you think about the wedding thing? I, one, I do not blame them. And by them, I mean Joan, Maya, and Lynn. Like William did for Monica's decision oh, right, to leave. Right, I to just, leave, yeah. I, I, I so don't blame them in the way William did. And that was my first thought was you're upset at them for the decisions that you made intoxicated or not that you made in discussing the kind of conversations that you had with them in a public space. Not only did you just like lay that all out for your wife, your now wife, but you laid it out in that public setting as Ashley said on your wedding day. And that to me was more of the issue. Uh, yeah, that was more of an issue. Um, yeah. Yeah, sorry. I know, I was going to say, I agree. Like, William, he was uh, tripping with that. Maybe Joan and them, maybe her, their comments gave Monica that final push. But if she was going to leave, or were her leaving, I feel like that was already in the back of her mind. Like, someone else, someone else's comments shouldn't sway you that much that to the point where it's like I'm just gonna go like when you were already you know saying that you're gonna be fine with it like she clearly wasn't fine with it it hurt her feelings so I understand and I didn't you know I don't know you know what I'll take that back I was about to say I don't know if I would have left but now I think I would have and only because you know Robin and I were just having this conversation earlier um which is dumb but it was something on social media shade room with the whole uh I don't you probably don't know them but Erica Mina and Safari I guess like a few days ago like Safari had posted something on his social media talking about he was single um and thank thank God for the uh block button on the Apple phone like thank you Steve Jobs that's the best something whatever whatever and to me like I don't mind if we have arguments at home and you say United front. I don't mind if <laughs> we have one. arguments at home and you tell me like, I'm single, I'm getting a divorce. Like we ain't going to be together. Like I'm about to block. You can say all of that stuff that you want to, to me. But when you go and make it a public uh, viewing, like William did at their wedding and like Safari, I'm saying did that on social media. Like I'm not okay with that. Like, I am not okay with being embarrassed and being made to look like a fool pretty much and then having to come back and stand by your side. Like that's just not me. Like I don't I don't appreciate that. And what does that say as to your love for me or your respect for me? Like I don't know. I just I wasn't okay with that. So, I completely understood Monica leaving William, but again, I'm glad they got back together. You know, their relationship kind of grew on me as that whole little thing went on and when they were getting back together. So, yeah. It was what it was. I guess she the one for William. <laughs> I think their breakup, though, did, or their separation, allowed me to get into Monica more in this season. Mm-hmm. And I liked it. I don't know. I just, I appreciated how she was able to grow on Lynn and Maya during that time in yeah. a way that ingratiated her into the, the crew uh, mm-hmm. in a real way or in a more substantial way. Yeah. Okay. Anything else for William and Monica? I think that's it. Anything else, I'll just say later on. <laughs> okay, let's go ahead and talk about Lynn so I can get that out of the way. <laughs> the only thing I will say about Lynn, I, you know, I did see some maturity in Lynn um, for the rest of season seven because after we uh, went past episode 11 and she was messing with the preacher, there was some maturity and then there was some, that's Lynn. 
And so there were still some moments that kind of <sighs> sullied my view of Lynn. Really? But at first. I mean, I think the way she was handling it at first, you know, because I was watching the episode where, you know, she was pr- pretty much still trying to seduce Kadeem. Uh, what's his name? Dwayne. Dwayne, Dwayne Wayne. <laughs> he will always be Dwayne Wayne. But, I mean, she she matured and she started handling it better. And so I was okay with that. But what did you think? Like, I was, uh, part of me was like, Lynn, here you go again. You know how you feel about sex. You about to get back involved with somebody that then already told you that that's not that that's not on his plate okay that's not what he's preaching that's not what he's about and here you go again and trying to persuade him to do something that he's already told you he doesn't want to do <sighs> go ahead for me Lynn owned who she was as a person in season seven and i think she recognized like all the things that make Lynn Lynn and wasn't shying away from it and I appreciated that. And that is where I saw growth in her. And you, and, 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 and actually speaking of the pastor, I thought that she handled that very well. I did write down some comments, some thoughts about bigger picture stuff related to that. But I thought the way that they ended their relationship was a testament to Lynn's growth and to her ability to think beyond her sexual desires in that moment. And I could appreciate how she was the one who sort of told him like we have a lot of things that seem to draw us together but those things that draw us draw us together won't keep us there and so Mm. let's move on the other thing i'll say since we're talking about lynn and Dwayne or eldon was his name on the show Mm -hmm. is the way that they introduce the word from the man above in each season really blows my mind like in a good way because Eldon's speech to Lynn about the church and the people remember when they were having remember when it was that thing of it's either lynn or us and there was a oh, bunch yes. of back and forth. The way he... the Yeah, I just always appreciate the way in which they deliver the word in each season. From Donnie McClurkin back then to mm. Eldon now, I could appreciate. I'll also point out, did you notice who uh, the girl was? The guest star or whatever over those few episodes? No. Sterling K. Brown's wife or uh, Ryan Michelle Bath? I know she looked for... Wait. his Oh, wait. His real wife? Yes, his real wife. Oh, the oh, okay. His wife. No, and real not, wife. I don't. The the Let one that he was dating. The one that he was dating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Her, yes, yeah. her. And I have grown. And she looked familiar. She's been on a number of things. She's on my new show, which actually, ah, it's coming back November sixteenth. I just found out All Rise season two. But she was also. I grew to really like her and appreciate uh, her when she was on that remake of uh, the First Wives Club that was on BET Plus. I think it was BET Plus with Jill Scott. I never watched it. But if you watch that, I really like she was one of the stars on that show. And I really grew to like appreciate her. I really grew to like her from that from that series. And so to see her on this, it's like, gosh, everyone was everyone in the beginning of their careers was on some something. I could I could see where you're coming from with Lynn's growth. And it was good to see it only took us seven years. (laughs) But, uh, you know, it's good to see. I'm glad she can own her toxicity. Um, What? Girl, no. you act like you don't know people in real life that ain't grown since the day you met them a decade ago that are still the same them from day one. It is realistic for people to be who they are when you meet them and for them to sustain that along the way. Just because we evolve or you evolve, I evolve, doesn't mean that they evolve. This is true, but even with their, even with them not growing, it has not affected me. I felt like Lynn's... Um, Evolution has affected everyone that has been around her. 
directly affected. There we go. Directly affected. But that's just me and my prejudices against Lynn. It is. I just can't. I was just, Lord, I told you I was just on Instagram talking about it with um, one of the, the my girlfriend's um, fan pages. Like, dude, it's just something about Lynn. But okay. All right. So is that going to wrap up Lynn? Yeah. Does that wrap up Lynn yeah. for season seven? I mean, I think so. Okay, so now let's go ahead and move on to our favorite couple. And the only reason I'm doing them now is because, you know, I feel like because of how it ended, I'm just going to save the the other couple for last. So um, moving on to our favorite couple, Maya and Darnell. There were so yes. many um, moments during the season, like I said earlier, like that I just was able to relate uh, to Darnell and Maya, their marriage, and just how they interact with each other. It just seemed very mm-hmm. real. And I see, you know, mm-hmm. like you've been saying this whole time, like, you know, Donnell plays that role. He does this. And, you know, season seven really brought it out because we got to see more of Darnell. We got to see Darnell in like a completely different space of, you know, spending time with them and hanging out, away, like even more interactive than uh, season six. And... I just loved it. Like, I, I loved everything about it. That That's probably my favorite takeaway from season seven. I'll say it again. Um, I'm just going to give you two of my favorite moments from season seven was one when Darnell and Maya were talking. Like, oh, it was when, oh, it was when the episode when Joan told them about the affair that she had had with the married man. Which is also something I'm, we're definitely going to talk about when we talk about Joan and uh, Aaron. Whoa, but when, I told you I could relate. <laughs> when she told them about that affair and Maya went home to tell Darnell and, he, and they just the way that they were interacting. And he was like, I don't want to know anyway. So what she do? Yo, I swear. I was like, oh, my God, if this is not me and Robin, the only difference <laughs> is Robin probably won't ask. Well, you know, it depends on her mood. She may ask more questions or whatever. But I stay telling Robin something like if it's something that I want to run past her. Like I have to tell her because you know Robin is like my best friend too. Like she might you know, but she tells me too. I'm not one of your homegirls. <laughs> like, <What? laughs> oh, there have been plenty of times like, well, you better call Aaron, or call call uh Linda. Now it's Linda. Call these whatever. She had different times where call different people, but don't tell me about it. So I just thought that was so funny. Um, and the second one was ah. Uh, the episode with Cole from Martin where he was beating on his wife and, and Darnell went over there and he, yes. man, Darnell, stand up, protect that black woman. You better do that. I was just so proud of him in that moment. Like, it was just good. It was good. So I love them this season. Uh, again, just really relatable with the things that they go through, the way, more so the way that they interact with each other, though. That's some real shit. Like, that's a real... I feel like love um, in a good relationship, you know, where you can communicate with your partner, where y'all can be real with each other. Like sometimes we're in relationships when you can still be like kind of putting on a front or, or still maybe not even being your whole self, you know? And with them, I feel like they are just a hundred percent their whole selves with each other. And it's okay. You know, like they have each other's back. They protect each other. They have a united front. So, well, they allow yeah. each other to be who, who they are. Be. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it, it doesn't absolve them from criticism from the other person. Right. But it, they still allow each other to be who they're going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I wrote down, they're the reason why I wrote down, I could relate to the show through past experiences. 
But for some reason in season seven, I can relate in real time. And a reason why I like Darnell and Maya's relationship on the show, and especially in season seven, is because they are representative of relationships that I have now with married people. Mm. In the sense that it's no longer a duo, right? Like me and that person. Our relationships, my relationship with married people is partly a trio now. <laughs> and we get to see that in, we get to see that now with Darnell. Like, th- anyway, and and so in some ways it shows how friendships don't have to suffer from the added addition or the presence of uh, your friend's spouse. Say so. And it does change. Now, let's be clear. It does change the dynamics of what happens in that space. But not all change is harmful to the relationship that was established prior to them coming in. And I really got to appreciate, after we got through, you know, halfway through it or beyond halfway through season seven, seeing Darnell show up in all of those spaces Mm -hmm. with Maya and not taking away from Maya's ability to still be a present friend to Joan, Lynn, and William. Yeah. And I don't know, man. Like, I just watching that. I just kept saying, like, this feels, like, this looks and feels real. Like, I can definitely see it. And it was never a topic of issue on the show, right, of Darnell being around. If anything, it was embraced. And especially because of William, it was embraced. That's a really good takeaway. I like that. Mm. See? I I was just looking at Perspectives. (laughs) Perspectives. Look at that. Two different perspectives. And, (laughs) And maybe it also comes, for those that don't know, I definitely preached especially in undergrad like bros before hoes and making sure that moments were non like your 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 boo can't be a part of this this outing they cannot come like being clear about that yes. and <laughs> i won't say that i regret those moments or think that those moments were inappropriate when i was saying them at the time i do think as we see on the show every show change your perspective you can change your outcome mm. when i decided to shift how i was looking at those moments mm-hmm. or those interactions it allowed me to it allowed me to embrace Robin in a different way. Not that I ever had a problem with Robin, but, you know, I'm just talking. It's you on the show. Yeah, People yeah, know you're married. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they know where I feel like. It, it just allowed me to appreciate Robin's presence in a different way. Yeah. And like I said, it doesn't. It, it, yes, I guess getting specific. Like, it doesn't take away from our ability to have conversations and to have those uh, in-depth, sometimes scandalous, sometimes uh, morally questionable, like, dialogue. Mm-hmm. It just means that we're not having them in the way or in the spaces that we were before. Yeah. Which I think enriches the relationship. It puts them, anyway. I just appreciated their relationship a lot, and, and I think watching them allowed me to understand how allowed me to understand marriages a lot differently, or not a lot different. Allowed me to understand marriages differently as it relates to the friendships that I have with those that are married. Okay. See, look, Maya and Darnell. Golden and Khalil, y'all out here like really changing perspectives. Thank y'all for y'all skills and act. Yes, and for the the way in which you all committed to that role. Because I'm telling you, season seven for just for y'all, it did something different for me. So that that was probably once yes. again. Oh, sorry. Once again, Darnell is a good man. Oh, did you yes. see how he how he yo how he was able to get Maya the house that she wanted and, and still his gar- get his shop. How he, w- I laughed at the whole. It's so interesting too when you look at on, this show now. from the, the 2020 lens. Mm-hmm. As I still think a lot of those things are funny, but I can see how because society has moved away from some of those stereotypes that they like, that they deem acceptable and funny. 
the episode in the scene where Darnell and William were playing lovers in an effort to get their house sold. Oh, yes. Yes. <sighs> okay. And I don't know if this is a, another topic, but because we're talking about uh, Darnell and Maya, and we've just talked about William and Monica, I at first was really, really appreciative of the William and Darnell relationship. Mm-hmm. Something about it in season seven felt, didn't feel organic. That's because me. season seven was and, forced. No, okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like, on one hand, I could see that dynamic working in real life. Like, there is a there is a space for those two types of energies to come together and actually be friends. Mm-hmm. And And the reality is their relationship is based on William's relationship with the girls. And so it may not fit as smooth or as seamless as it does with Maya or Lynn or Joan and even Tony at the time. But I don't know, man. I just kept looking. There were moments where I was looking at it like, what? Yeah. But I guess Darnell is getting older. He's becoming more of a dad. Like, you know, like, when I'm saying dad, like dad bod type thing. And William's. Mm. And it could have been a writing too. Like, it. yeah, I, I get what you're saying with that. There there were moments where it was just like, really? Like, that's all y'all had to give them? So, I, yeah. But I, I, I stick by my season seven was forced, man. Like. There was something. There were some things about season seven that was just like, hmm, y'all was just trying to put some stuff together. But you know, <laughs> okay. But no, I, I appreciate that perspective too. We were in agreement. I mean, I I still like their friendship, but I see what you meant. I see what you mean by that. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anything else on Maya Darnell, William Darnell? No. All right. So let's go ahead and wrap this up. Baby, baby, no. Okay, let's go ahead and wrap up season seven. <laughs> and let's talk about Joan and Aaron. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned to you earlier, and I said I was going to say it on the podcast. I don't like Aaron. <laughs> I'm not, I just, I don't know what it is about Aaron that I don't necessarily care for. But I think what mostly it is, is because when I see Aaron, I just see Mike from Why Did I Get Married with his trifling <laughs> ass. And he, it just still makes me upset oh. again. Boom, right. <laughs> Where is my wine bottle? But um, my overall view on season seven between Joan and Aaron is that I'm glad that Joan is happy. Again, I still kind of feel like even that relationship just feels forced. Uh, it just kind of feels forced to me, but that's just my perspective. I feel like what? I, there's something about it that just, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like, I don't know. I just couldn't get into it like this. Oh, like, I don't get that. Like, I had an awe with her and Brock. Do you remember? Like I was, I was, I was hurt about her and Brock not staying together because Brock didn't want kids or whatever at the time. Um, that really, you know, that affected me when it came to Joan. And he was probably the only one that I really felt like, oh my gosh, with because um, I didn't like Ellis, I didn't like Sean, um, and I don't care for Aaron. Like Aaron's cool, and I'm glad. Again, like I said, I'm glad that Joan is happy and she done found someone that has is loving her for who she is flaws and all and she's getting buried or whatever but i don't know man it's just something about aaron and like toxic relationships i don't how was (laughs) brock was not toxic brock was not toxic the only thing he just didn't want kids and then they you know they ended up splitting up behind it but that wasn't toxic no you're right that's the wrong word that's the wrong word that's the wrong word uh I don't know. Because they, I, I mean, I, yeah, go ahead. 
I just really enjoyed this season and I really appreciated Aaron showing up. I feel like we got to see Joan be Joan without judgment in the way that Darnell allows Maya to be. I think mm-hmm. Aaron allowed Joan to be and I appreciated that so much. I think the wrong word, the the, the word is not toxic, but Brock, I feel like created a space where Joan had to, where Joan couldn't be Joan. And I just don't appreciate really? and value those types of relationships. I feel like there's a difference between compromise. There's a difference between like wanting to compromise, wanting to shift your perspective in a relationship because it's no longer just you versus you are now like changing who you fundamentally are in order to be with this person. Because for Joan, in Joan's case, she really wanted to be married. She really wanted to be in a relationship, right? And so she was just willing to forget it all. And I feel like with Aaron, he just accepted her for who she was. And I think that allowed her to calm down a bit in terms of all of the things that were problematic for other people in prior seasons. Did it allow her to calm down or did we not see her backpedal and become the same neurotic, gotta be in control Joan that she always is? I don't see, I don't. And Aaron loved it. I mean, apparently he put a ring on it, but I don't see how Brock didn't allow her to be herself either. And maybe that's a different conversation for a different day, but I thought that Brock was um, very, cause remember the whole Vegas episode and Joan being Joan had to be controlling the blah, 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 blah. And he even pulled over to get the, I mean, like they went somewhere to get a ring. Like he did things to accommodate who Joan was. Like I thought Brock was good for her. The only thing is he just didn't want a kid. And I don't, I don't feel like she That's not the only, you said that like it's a minor thing. I mean, it was the end of their, yes, it was big, but he didn't ask Joan to change for him. Like Joan made that decision to, that she was going to try to stick it through with him and not have the kid or whatever, or try to change his mind. Mm -hmm. And then that ended up not working for both of them though. Like, that wasn't, like, a... He didn't, like, give her an ultimatum or tell her anything like that. Like, it just, you know, it was what it was. No, he did not. But season seven, at the end of it, made me think that we see a lot of the decisions that they make. I realized by the end of season seven that they make a lot of decisions without including the other person. Yet they make decisions about that person. So, no, Brock didn't tell her, you need to be this way. But Joan's quest or Joan's desire to be married and to settle down with someone made her think that she needed to do that. And what I appreciate about Aaron is I never, he never gave her, at least from my perspective right now, he never gave her the idea that she needed to shift anything about who she was in order to be with him or in order to make that relationship work. And with Brock, that ch- that child thing is a real deal. Like that child thing is a big deal. Yeah, it's almost that. It's almost like religion. And so Joan was so quick and ready to like settle down that she was willing to forego that knowing that she really wasn't ready to forego that. And so that's why I don't support the Brock Joan relationship more than I did Aaron. I don't Joan know. Joan was so quick just... and ready to settle down with Aaron that she couldn't even give him the time to prepare a nice proposal that she deserved. Like she had to jump the gun and ask him to marry her. Like, Ooh, come on, man. Like I, it's the, the Ashley, that's real life. Yo, how much, ha- how many times have we been on the phone? Lord, I'm about to tell TMI. Well, don't Who do knows it. If this makes it. <laughs> How many times have we been on the phone since I've been in New York? And we'll just talk about Bally's real quick and how my approach to Bally's changed multiple times because I'm trying to be this. Or I'm trying to think this. Or I'm trying to do this. Or I want to be this way. Or maybe it's this way. 
like I, when I say there are many ways in which I can relate to that scene in Joan. Joan was in a season of her life where she was recognizing some of the things that she felt like held her back. And so she was trying to, she was trying different approaches. That doesn't always mean that you succeed or that you carry it out fully, but that does mean that she was putting her best effort forward to address some of those things and realizing that that's just not who she is in certain spaces. So I could, so you say she's going back to her old ways and I would say Joan never left them. She was just trying out something new. And once it didn't work, you go back to what you she know. landed. Hey, Neo. Neo, yes. Or she landed. <laughs> She landed on, like, what was truly, what allowed her to be her. Know. You know, I love uh, talking about girlfriends with you. We really be having mm-hmm. different perspectives. Like, sometimes we'll be on the some, same page and then just listen to you just now. I'm like, okay, dude. <laughs> you don't believe it? Okay. It's not that I don't I mean, believe it. It's just I just didn't <laughs> see it. Like, I just don't see it that way. But, you know, um, and okay. I probably this- am not going to change my perspective <laughs> on it. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, you know. <laughs> For the sake of time, because <laughs> I see where we are. This is I'm gonna I'm gonna not make the argument for Brock. But however, guys, keep in mind we will have a mini so next week and we will be wrapping up uh girlfriends because I'm sure we'll be through season eight. And I'm gonna go back to this Brock and Joan thing. I'm gonna rewatch because I do not feel like I feel like Brock could have also been the one for her, i.e. Brock showing up in those in those last two episodes of season seven. But that's neither here nor there. That's you know what? Those are two episodes for um, what? Which season was it? Where I said this? The theme of the season must have been fate. I think that was like five or six, whatever. I don't know. But yeah. anyway, by the end of season seven, we do see that Joan and Aaron are engaged. Aaron proposes to Joan in front of her friends and family, and it is so beautiful. And I, you know, I remember that was probably the only episode I actually remembered from actually watching it when it was. Um, first on and i remember thinking then again you know what i said now i don't like aaron but i mean (laughs) hey joan i guess you know my last comment hopefully is i forgot for william and monica's wedding do you know the first thing i said when it when the scene popped open was if i don't see mr sweetelson somewhere at this wedding oh i'm gonna be upset right like i knew i needed to see mr sweetelson at that wedding you know who Mr. Sweetelson... For all the reasons why. <laughs> you know what? Mr. Sweetelson was the original Irv. Irv from the game. Mr. Sweetelson yes. was the original Irv. Uh, yes. Mr. Su- and he was also at that proposal. But that's what I was going for. He was also at the proposal. But yes, Mr. Sweetelson, you are a staple in the girlfriend's yes, community. so was Derwin and Melody. Derwin and it Melody. Was, <laughs> the real Derwin. Well, guys, yeah, that's, that's gonna... Oh, wait. Before you end... Okay, my question, though. My, my question for you is... Have you seen season eight? I haven't. Like, season seven to me was a breath of fresh air. It was so new. Okay, so what are your predictions for season eight? Trash. That's that's really how I want it. Oh, man. Trash. I don't even... I think... Actually, I'm lying. I did see, like, one... I saw the the season finale... Or the series finale, I guess it ended up being, which it wasn't supposed to, I guess. But, yeah, I mean, trash. More forced um, TV. (sighs) But we're going to see. We're going to see. Maybe I... I am so looking forward to season eight. I'm going to have an open mind. I think the only... Please do. The only thing that I thought about, which I do not want to happen, is I do not want Maya to have a miscarriage. For some reason, that popped in my head during season seven as like a storyline that they could throw in season eight. Oh, well, change your perspective now. Like, you can't. Mm-mm, don't speak them things. I was I like, I was happen. like, I just, I, I was like, I just need Maya to have that baby. I just need her to have a baby. Yeah, man. Okay. Oh. That's it. 
Okay. Well, guys, that's going to wrap up what we're watching this week. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break, get something to drink, and we'll be back with this week's perspectives. Okay, guys, we're back and it is time for this week's perspective. And Aaron, I believe you go first this week. Yep, yep, yep. All right, let's get it. Okay. So this week I want to talk about growing up, what it means to be an adult. There's a difference between legally and reality. So growing up, I remember looking forward to turning 18. Not only could you vote, bear arms, sit on a jury, even buy tobacco, but it signaled to the world that you were an adult. No longer were your parents legally responsible for your actions, and as a child, this appealed to me. Then reality kicked mm. in, and mm. the closer I got to 18, the more I realized there was no difference between July 26, the last day I was 17, and July 27, <laughs> the first day I'd be 18. We've said this many times before, but it's worth saying again that while we currently do not have children, we are children to both our mother and father. So I feel comfortable talking about this perspective from that angle. I remember okay. growing up hearing about the 1830 rule or 1890 rule for some people. This was the rule that said once you turn 18, you have either 30 or 90 days to get out the house, to start living life on your own. Now that never actually happened to me, but I found myself thinking about it lately as I'm getting older and people close to me that are younger inch closer to 18. When I hear parents talking about this big shift that's about to take place between them and their child, I often find myself asking, does the age 18 really make someone capable of being a self-sufficient individual who's able to navigate the complexities of being an adult, of being grown without the support from the village that raised them less than 24 hours ago? My answer is no. So today I wanna to talk about that. And I wanna ask you, at what age or better yet, at what moment in your life after 18, did you feel good and secure about tackling life, <laughs> all caps. What would your thoughts and or reactions have been if at 18 you were left to your own devices? For some reason, it seems like a number of parents release full accountability for who their child has become, and especially if their child isn't a model citizen after 18. So your first question you asked, at what age do, did I feel like I was ready to tackle life? Yes. I'll let own. you know. Oh, okay. I'll let you know when I get there. Okay. Um, <laughs> Because I still, with no shame, um, depend on my mom and and not in a, not in a, I'm a teenager type thing, but my mom is my rock. It's always been me and her. Um, I'm pretty much, well, I, I have siblings, but as far as my mother goes, I'm an only child. So we were pretty much all we had, you know, and I've always had that. Well, we've always had that relationship. So that was always my my mom has always been my go-to. There was never an 1830 or 1890 rule. As you were talking, I realized, I think I have heard of that, but I believe it's been more so with males. I don't think I've ever heard it for females or I've ever heard a female say, you know, my mom told me or my dad told me, like, once I turn 18, I got to get out. I'm pretty sure, like, my mama has joked about some stuff, like, oh, you about to be 18, you can, you can, you grown, you can get out of my house. 
actually, when I'm thinking about it, maybe not even a joke, but maybe when we even <laughs> got into it, because I don't think I didn't, I did not move out, like really move out and have my own place from my mom until I was like 21, 22. And that's still fairly young. Like, and, and let me tell you, there have, been, I, I can't even, what, two, three times now I've gone back to my mother's home, like two or three and to this day, married or not, if I need to go back to my mama's house, I will go back to my mama's house. That is not an issue for me. It doesn't make me feel any type of way. And my mom is the type of person that would never turn me away because we've just, like I said, we were, we have always been each other's rock. I do not think that, I don't think that at 18, you are ready to be fully separated from your parents as maybe financially, you don't have to depend on them or even maybe like with residentially. No, that's not a word. Or even like with a roof over your head, you may not have to depend on them for that. Like maybe you move out, maybe you're away at college, whatever the case may be. But I, I feel like if I had a kid or even looking at myself back then, there were plenty of challenges in life and there still are plenty of challenges in life that I feel like my mom is my go-to. I, you know, I still need her. So for me to tell an 18 year old, when you turn 18, you know, you got 30 days and you have 90 days to get out of my house. I, that's almost a little absurd for me because just because they're quote unquote legally an adult, you know, you're not an adult. Like, I mean, y'all have been 18 at one point, you know, the parents, y'all have been 18 at one point. What were you doing at 18 that made you feel like you were an adult or that you were ready to take on life? And are you telling me that there have not been things that have happened since you were 18 and now you're like in your forties and fifties and you actually think that they're ready to just go out here and be on their own? I, I just can't see that. But again, like you said, we're not parents. But speaking from, yeah, a child, that that child, or being not too far removed from 18, because I'm not that far removed from 18. <laughs> okay, <dude. laughs> I'm glad you're yes. not old. Yeah, like, I'm not, yeah, I, I know that I was not ready at 18 to be out on my own and be an adult and take on that all life uh, had to give or had to offer and not be able to at least rely on my mother for something. But I will also say that in life, I've crossed paths with people that have been out of the house since they were 18 and they found a way to navigate it because of whatever reason, their relationship with their parents were something different. So they did what they needed to do for them. And that's admirable as well. But it does not negate the fact that they were not 100% ready to take on life as an adult at that young age. What was the other question? Was there another question that I missed? No, just sort of what would have been your reaction okay. if if Nancy had told you. Oh, I would have called my I would have called my grandma. I would have called Granny. Mama said Granny would have been Lord. She used to always say she had a helicopter. She would have been <laughs> on that helicopter so fast, yoking Nancy up. You ain't gonna put her baby out the house. But that's, but again, I said, I mean, I have heard that with males and I think that's a societal thing where just being harder on men or young men or whatever to push them into adulthood or you got to be a man, you got to be a man just because like you're 18 or whatever. And I've heard ultimatums given like when you turn 18, you either got to have a job, you got to go to school or you got to go to the military. That's also absurd for me, especially because I mean, recently in my family, there was a situation where my younger cousin, he just recently turned 18, graduated high school and his parental unit was pretty much like, all right, you got to either you going to college um, Well, he already had a job. So it was like either you going to college or you going into the military, but you can't sit around here. And I'm just like, well, damn, why are those the only two options? And in what time does he have 
to really figure out what he wants to do in life because college is not free. So why go and spend that type of money, you know, and, and not even knowing what you want your major to be or or what you want to do with life and joining the military is not free. Like you're giving up some of your own personal freedoms when you're in the military. So, and, and to me, that's, what, at least a a four year life change that you got to when you sign up for the military. So I just feel like, where is the time given to allow these teenagers to transition into adulthood to figure out what they want to do, you know, like to be able to, to be given that freedom or that that privilege of being able to decide what you want to do with life before actually jumping into life. I just feel like it makes you grow up so fast. And my grandma used to tell me all the time as I got older, I told you not to grow up. I told you not to grow up too fast. I told you you wouldn't want to grow up. Like when I went through shit in life and was talking to, you know, would talk to my grandma about it or crying to my grandma about it. She like, see, I told you, you said you wanted to be an adult. You said you wanted to grow up. And I told, I tried to get you to stay young forever. You know, like life is real and 18 does not qualify you to take on the challenges of life. Like it just doesn't shit being 34 does not qualify you to necessarily take on all the challenges of life because there something, things are thrown at us every day, whether expected or not. And it's all, it's, you know, there are hurdles that we have to get over it. So I don't know. And then I'm also going to throw in there too, breaking generational curses. So I'm single with no children and I still to this day consider myself uh, a Theo Huxtable in college. Yeah, That's the mentality I sort of lead with jokingly, but not jokingly. And yeah, I'm with you. I have been told that growing up, I was mature for my age, but I, Mm. and that's not something I put on myself. That was something that was told to me, I guess, given the actions that I took at whatever age I was taking them. But I, Mm -hmm. but even having been told that I was still allowed to be a child and the closer I got to 18 yes and I'll even say that the closer that I got to 18 the more I'm like you I started to take on things that could be considered adult-like without being forced to have taken them on and one of the things I did as soon as I turned 18 was get a cell phone do you know that at this age in life (laughs) if I had never decided to go to Sprint I probably would still have been on my parents yes cell phone plan because, well, I don't know if I would have, but it, neither here nor there. That would have never been for me. Nancy, she made that very clear. She was not getting me a cell phone, but continue. <laughs> well, I wanted, back then, I wanted the Sanyo. Remember the Sanyo red flip phone with the click? And they yep. didn't have that at Alltel. And so I, Sprint had it. Oh, that's, like, that's right. Because you got that when we were in college, didn't you? Yes. I switched yes. to Sprint in August. I turned 18 in July. I switched to Sprint in August. Did it on my own without telling my parents. And as soon as I did it, my parents were like, what? I mean, I guess they mm. were happy that that was one less phone on the bill, but they mm-hmm. did look at me like, what, what, huh? You said something earlier that stuck out to me and it's transition. And to me, or at least for me, college was the transition period that allowed me to go from being under my parents' rule, you know, rules and regulations <laughs> to mm-hmm. establishing my own path forward and what was right for me as an individual while still being, to me, that college was that transition year, right? Uh, And still having the support of my parents while also being able to navigate and explore what life is like for Aaron as an adult. And while college is not for everyone, I do believe that transition periods are important. So when I hear, so when I hear parents in the lead up to their child turning 18, starting to discuss this new world 
that they're gonna mm-hmm. th- th- this new relationship that they're gonna have with their child once they turn 18 i'm always wondering did do they consider the transition period and the reason why i ask that is because i know that in the months leading my senior year of high school i know that i made decisions and took steps uh without my parents consent that they would have frowned mm-hmm. upon or that mm-hmm. they did frown upon but never but so to me i guess to answer the question for myself if those steps that I had taken in the lead up to me being 18 had caused my parents to say that as soon as you turn 18, it's a rat. I don't know what I would have done. Ultimately, I believe I would have made it right. Because you've, you've said that there are, there are people in this world who no fault of their own good challenger and different had to start, had to step into adulthood earlier than some and some thrive and some don't, but that doesn't mean that you should have to, nor should you be forced to. I don't know. Even as I'm thinking about it now, it makes me think like, gosh, not, it's not even just turning 18 to where you could be pushed out on your own. It's like 17. You need to start thinking about mm-hmm. the actions that you take and how your parents, because that's, 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 where, that's where this topic came from for me. It's the lead up. It's the conversations that I've had with parents or been around parents that have been having that conversation and their child is 17 going into 18 and they're making, it's almost like the terrible twos at 18, right? Like they're doing things that their parents don't approve of and so the closer that they get to being a legal adult, it's almost like they feel like that's the moment where the weight will be lifted off of them. And I can't I see that having, <laughs> and I couldn't see that being, and, and that to me just doesn't feel right. It just doesn't feel right. So I don't know. It's just something that I wanted to talk about. Also, I'm interested as, as someone who wants to have children and who is planning to have children, I do think about, I do think about my rate, like how I was raised. And it's not just my mother mm-hmm. and father, right? Like I'm a big believer in it takes the village to raise a child. And so the village around yes. and, and so the village that you so and so the village around you is just as important as your parents. And in no way do I think that those resources that the village offers you needs to dissipate once you turn eighteen. And no and, and actually and I also don't believe that the mistakes that you make at seventeen need to be held against you in a way that doesn't allow you to thrive once you have some new uh once you have access to other things in the world that you couldn't ha- that you didn't have before, hmm. I was just gonna say too. I guess we gonna find out when little when little Aaron or Aranisha comes. No. <laughs> Sorry, that was a kiki for me. Oh my god, I'm gonna have to turn that down. But no, I guess I, I guess we're just gonna have to see. But I I know for me, I mean how my upbringing, my village, whatever. Um, I know when. Let me say when. I know when I do have a child I will not be kicking him or her out at 18 like they will not have an 1830 or 1890 rule what I will do is make sure or try my hardest to prepare them for the real world and what comes with adulthood but I don't necessarily want to kick them out of the nest until they're ready like and I don't think that I don't think that that is a detriment to the child to to be able to have that type of uh, stability or home life to rely on, you know, because I think it would set them up more if I'm just pushing them out because they're an age and not looking at who they are fully. You know what I mean? Like if my child is ready for, you know, like you said, people say that you were, you know, mature for your age. And if my child is mature and ready and wants to do those things, I'm going to let them, but I'm also going to let them know that, you know, you always have a home here. Just yes. just like Nancy <laughs> is for me. Like, you always have a home here. I can always go to my mom. I don't care where my mama live at. I can go home to Nancy. So, yeah. I'm with you on that. And I guess the last thing I'll add, too, is I remember 
I remember I graduated high school when I was 17, turned 18 right before I went to college. But I, you can, I bolted to Babbitt Smith. Okay. I bolted to the towers. Uh, Uh, Yes. And, but I also. piece of freedom. hmm. But I also remember that when I graduated and I was the last, I was one of those people that I stayed in the suites until July 31st, the last day of my lease. But when it was August 1st, I went home. I went to my parents' house because for me at that moment, I was not, I hadn't set myself up in a way that allowed me to move into my own apartment. Hindsight is twenty twenty. I would not have wanted to set myself up to take on the responsibility of getting an apartment, getting lights, getting cable, getting electricity. So when I'm talking about life, it's not just your parents tell you to be home at 11. It's, it's the bills that come with just an apartment. It's the insurance that you have to get with a car, with your car. Oh, you can say what you want about the Affordable Care Act. I call it Obamacare. But one of the things <laughs> that I was super duper excited about is being able to stay on my parents' insurance until I was 26. Anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm ultimately just saying that I think that there, I'm, I'm, I'm honing now in on the transition period that I feel is often missed or not thought of. And what some consider to be a transition period of 17 to 18, really that transition period is like 18 to whenever. (laughs) And that whenever is dependent upon how it is that you have prepared your child to succeed on their own or to be self-sufficient. Right. I don't even know if I fully gotten all my thoughts out yet, but I, at least it popped up in my head and I wanted to talk about it now. And hmm, yeah, that's it. That was a good topic. I know. Like, yeah, man. I've really never heard of it called that rule, but I've definitely heard of that before. But yeah. All right. So what do you want to talk about today? Okay. So my topic, got to be short and sweet. I got it from watching a play. (laughs) And I'm not embarrassed to say what play I was watching either. So um, as you know, as you know, we have BET Plus because we got it on the free trial or whatever. Okay. And free trial. Okay. Multiple. That's why you, that's the point of having multiple email addresses, people use them anyway. (laughs) So on BET plus, you know, is all of Tyler Perry's collection. And so I can't, I think I was talking to you one day and we got to talking about the plays or something and it made me want to watch diary of a mad black woman. Right. And and it's been classic. And it's been years since I actually seen the play because my mama used to have all of them. And so I'm watching it and I'm into it or whatever. I'm, I'm remembering some of the songs. Goodbye, Helen, Charles, all of that. Anyway, so I'm watching the play and in the moments where Cora, I can I don't know if that's her name in the, in the play. I can't remember. But Tamala Mann, her character, the mother. In the moments where the mother is talking to um, Helen about Charles and, you know, Charles and his philandering ass, I found myself getting so upset with Cora. I'm gonna call her Cora because that's who she is to me. I found myself getting so upset with Cora and her advice to her daughter. And while I realized she was trying to come from a spiritual point of view and also maybe a a marital, like this woman has been married for years, Mm -hmm. I couldn't help but think like, you are her mother. You should not want to see her go through this type of stuff. And I'm sure you don't want to see her go through this type of stuff. But when you see she's going through this type of stuff, your advice to her is to pray, to stay and to treat this man and still treat this man good. 
And so, you know, I had to have a whole conversation with myself because, you know, I, I know what the good book says. Vengeance is mine, said the Lord. That, you know, and, and Medea in her um, peace and, and, and peace be still and peace is made of still. Anyway, <laughs> I know where Cora was coming from with the advice that she was giving her daughter. But to me, it felt almost a little bit dangerous. You're my mother and you are this person that I come to for advice and to, you know, as I was just saying about my own mom, like you, you my go-to, like you my rock, I'm your rock, whatever. Like you are who I come to when, when things are getting hard for me. For her to be giving her the advice, and I'm not saying that she had to give her advice as far as, um, you better shoot that nigga. You better slap him. Keep him in that wheelchair. You know, da, 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 da. like she didn't have to give her none of that. But I felt the advice of basically telling her to stay with this man that is not only cheating on her, but like literally treating her dog like a dog, like told her to get on her knees and bark and that dumb bitch did. Well, whatever. It bothered me. So it made me think this could be a good topic because I know with our relationships that we have with our parents, um, in particular, our mothers, we tend to listen to their advice. Like I know I do with my mom, you know, when she gives me advice, mm -hmm. I listen to it. Sometimes it's really good, you know, and I value her advice. I guess the question that I got from that was when you're in a relationship and you speak to your mom about your relationship, how much influence does your mother or should your mother have on your relationship? And do you listen to everything that they tell you to do? Mm. Yeah. Go. <laughs> I'm not sure how much influence my mother has on my relationships because I don't often talk to her about them. Mm -hmm. The one time that I did talk to her about the relationship that I was in, although we've questioned whether or not I was really in a relationship, I did listen to what she said. God, without saying too much i remember going to her and saying if we break up how am i gonna get to work <laughs> <laughs> because at the time i didn't have a car they had a car it was how i was getting to work and i mean one of the first things she said well, well that needs to be the last thing that you think about or worry about and she was right <laughs> right like, like it's a lot more at stake here than just your ride to work. <laughs> but that's all I could think about. So that goes back to the earlier topic, right? Like we don't know what we know until we know it. And that's what the village is there for is to help you in that transition period. I would say that I was in the transition period of my life when that happened. And so to answer your question, it was very, what she said to me in that moment was true. Hindsight is twenty twenty. It was important and it allowed me to think beyond what I could see. So they, I think parents, mothers specifically, should be able to offer advice as it relates to your relationship. And it's up to you to filter or to figure out what's applicable to you or not, because the reality is they're speaking from their own experiences. And a large part of their experiences is based in a time period that is not necessarily conducive to the one that you're experiencing yours in. Uh, hmm. Uh, but that doesn't mean that some things that were true in the 70s aren't true in the 80s, 90s, and 2000s. Listen. Because human behavior is human behavior. And, you know, hurt people hurt people. So we are a product of how we are raised. And if you don't do the intentional work to shed some of that, you will carry on and pass on the things that were passed on to you. 
good, bad, or indifferent. Every time you describe that play, Ashley, I can envision the scene vividly. <laughs> that is, I, that, <sighs> oh, also, uh, her name was Myrtle Jean Simmons in the play. I didn't know that. I would have called her Cora, too, but her name was Who Myrtle. Cora? Yes, was Myrtle oh, Jean Simmons. Oh, I knew Simmons. it was something else. Okay. Oh, I, I knew it was something else, but she is Cora to me. I also don't know, though, if that's bad advice. I mean, specifically to the play, nah, you need to get the fuck <sighs> out. Yes. But the idea <laughs> of, but the idea or the advice to stick around, I won't even say stick around, that just feels bad too. The idea that you should try to make your marriage work, I don't know if that's bad advice in general because there's a reason why you decided to say I do. There's a reason why you decided to walk down the aisle. And for those whose numbers I know by heart who are married, it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't you met them on Monday, you started dating on Tuesday and you got married on Wednesday. There, there was some time. There were some mm. peaks and valleys. And so there were moments where you could have, where that person could have pulled out and they decided to still push forward. They decided to still love that person till death do them part. And so I do think that there's something to be said for reevaluating the situation that you're in, deciding to give it, a, de- deciding to work through whatever the hiccup is that's causing you to question your marriage as it relates to like advice that you take from your parents in regards to your relationship. Okay. For me... Um, you know, I've, I've talked to Nancy now about multiple relationships and I will say that I've, you know, heard what my mother thinks of me and my relationships definitely matters because no parent wants to see their, their child upset and hurt and, you know, stressed out or whatever, unhappy, blah, blah, blah. So I take heed to her advice a lot. Now there have been some things that my mother has said to me that I have not listened to. And, and mostly because my mother is an older me. She can be a hothead at times, you know. And sometimes sometimes Nancy gives crazy advice too. Don't get it twisted. I am Nancy's child. Um, but that's only like if it's something extreme. And, and nine times out of ten she's joking, hopefully. I feel like you can definitely be influenced by your parents. And more so your mother. Depending on the relationship. I mean... We've heard stories, or I know I've heard stories of people like splitting up because their their other part their their other half couldn't get along with their mom. You know what I mean? Like, and it that's some real that's a deal breaker for them. You know? And honestly, I don't know how I would feel if I had a partner that didn't get along with my mom. I think you might have to go because <laughs> at the end of the day, Nancy's always going to be there for me, whether you're here or not. So um, yeah, I just like I said, I just got to thinking about that while I was watching the play because I hadn't seen it in so long and now seeing it with different eyes because I'm older than I was when I first saw it when it first came out years ago and to like hear what she was saying I was just like dude this is a little dangerous like I'm gonna need uh Cora to chill out but I get it as well um also I'm gonna say what it triggered for me it triggered a memory for me and it was uh me and my grandmother talking when I was a little younger and she was talking about my my granddaddy, you know, and she was like, I don't know why I stayed with that fool so long, you know, like if, if times are different, you know, that type of rhetoric. And to me, like Cora was coming from a place of someone that got married in a different time and mm-hmm. where it was, I guess, a little bit more frowned upon or whatever the case may be, however you want to describe it, to get divorced. You know, people like actually stayed like, we going to stay together, you know, we going to... 50, 60 years, like my grandparents were married for over 50 years, I believe. You know what I mean? Like long term, don't matter if you out there cheating, don't matter if you disrespected me, you know, 
we gonna we gonna figure this out and so i had to realize that you know cora is again coming from a different time versus now it's 2020 and i'm looking at this like bitch if you don't pack your shit and go like <laughs> am and did doing these calculations for you like get your money and go like come on now so i don't know it was just really interesting and i thought it was um yeah just a good quick topic to talk about yeah. and also i want to uh, i got another also i'm gonna throw in there at the ending of the play, I still hate, to this day, I hate the ending of the play because in the play, she stayed with her husband. But in the movie, she left. And I think that's because Tyler Perry knew that, uh-uh, we ain't going for that play shit. We ain't going for that, uh, she gonna stick with Charles after he done told her to beg like a dog. I don't care oh my God. what accident you been in. <sighs> Listen. Okay, well, I'll, let me just say this. Up. Okay, let me just say it this way then. I, I guess the one thing I the one thing I do want to add before we end this is that it's also not the advice that you seek from your parents that's important or not depending on your relationship but it's also how you see your parents handle their relationships or marriages that I think is just as important some people don't go to their parents for all things relationship wise Right, they pick and choose because in order to tell them everything, you'd have to tell them some things about your character that you may not want them to know. Mm. And so how mm-hmm. you and so when you're not able to do okay. that, you look at how they handle specific situations that are related to those types of topics that you're not going to discuss with them. And so how they handle their relationships or marriages, uh, I think it's just as important as the advice that you seek from them. Yeah. Look at us two weeks in a row having parents. Connected yeah, man, that's what I was going to say. I thought it was, um, yes, I thought it was interesting that you talked about parents because, yeah, man, that's what I wanted to talk about. But yeah, so that's going to wrap up my perspective this week. And Aaron, are you looking forward to anything? I am looking. Yo, all right. Grey's Anatomy comes back this week. All Rise Season 2 comes back next week. Uh, Station 19 comes back this week. Episode two of The Good Doctor comes back this week. I think I'm just looking forward to all of my shows coming mm-hmm. back. And I never gave people an update on Big Brother, but I'll save that for the next full episode so that you all can find out who won. Lord, guys, I guess we're going to have to look forward to Grey's Anatomy. Well, I <laughs> am looking forward to being off a couple of days this week. How are you? Just playing and stuff. I just, yeah. I mean, well, you know, Veterans Day is uh, Wednesday. This upcoming Wednesday. And then so I just took an extra day off because why not? (laughs) So, yeah. All right. Reflections. Okay. So I have a couple. I'm just going to run through them. They're all mostly related to girlfriends. And it's related to the topics that we've discussed on girlfriends because I don't know. It's just where I was reflecting as I was listening to the episode. Okay. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. Okay. So I wrote, I don't disagree with your criticism of Lynn in that moment. I don't even know what I was talking about. I said, Maya responded in the best way. Uh, LMBO, that story was not about you, but you deaf don't mind telling your sources, not necessarily the who, but the what. Huh? We all end up being who we are at the end of the day. Aaron goes back to being Aaron and Ashley goes back to being Ashley if we don't do the work to address certain areas in our lives. But also... Joan is who Joan is, and I'm not saying that as an excuse, even for Lynn. I'm saying that when you own your shit and accept the things that make you you, it's easier to align yourself with the energy that connects well with yours, regardless of how people accept it, regardless of whether people accept it or not. 
Why does it appear hard to move on when someone isn't what we want? Why do we find ourselves trying to make them uh, what we want instead of doing what Dwayne did, which was find someone who is. And I was talking about Lynn and the pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, you could be, you can be a good person, but not a good person for the one you want. I thought that was a good line that I reflected on. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I heard Lynn talk, when I heard Lynn talk about sex to Dwayne, I thought of you. Oh no! What? <laughs> well, the important well, you you talk about on the podcast the importance of sex, and so yeah. I realized as I was mm-hmm. listening to Lynn talk about it, I was like, oh, why doesn't Ashley like Lynn? And <sighs> do you, oh, ain't just about the and, sex. I, <laughs> and I wrote down. <laughs> Do you want to know? Do you want to know about uh, your ex's past? And I was talking about the episode where Joan meets Aaron's ex, and now they had to have this whole discussion. I was reflecting on that. Uh, oh, well, that's a good topic for the mini. So remember that one. Mm, mm, okay. The most important reflection that I had. I'm not saying you can't call me every name, but a child of God. Okay. But what Maya did would be like you actually getting pregnant, and somehow at your baby shower, I announced that I'm trying to have one too, which upsets you, understandably, I guess, depending on how it happened. And you telling me, okay, Aaron, you want a baby? Who you having it with? You've been single since 2008. You gotta have sex, but wait, you aren't because you're too scared to approach anyone. What's your longest relationship? Oh, wait, you haven't had one. Like, that that's the same thing that happened in that bathroom. Bruh, that is such a reach, Aaron. That no, is it is such not. A reach. That is nowhere to, near I'm a reach. Gonna, that is no, that is. Aaron, I'm gonna have to interject in your reflection. <laughs> Just for that one, it's a reach for me because the, the a baby shower, you making an announcement at the baby shower that you want a baby is not the same as my seminar, my seminar that people paid money to get into that you know this is going to affect my career and could possibly affect me having future seminars and you getting up and showing your ass. The baby shower don't hold that kind of weight to me. The seminar is my bag that you messing with. The baby shower is... I mean, a place bag, where I'm sure money, people would talk about the babies. The event that you already spent the bag on. The, the event that you spent exactly, the bag on. Exactly. But I, but I would not have a problem with you standing up <sighs> or if you giving this speech at my baby shower and saying, and you know, I want to have a baby too. You know what I'm going to say? You need to be having one now so we can be having this baby together. That would be my response. Like, not, I wouldn't even, I would not be upset. But that's just me. And I'm that's I'm just interjecting your reflection. I don't have any reflections. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Was that your last reflection? Because <laughs> I'm just oh, I cut that, cut it. No, I think that Ooh. that might be it. When you oh, when you decide to fall back, do you have to tell them ghosting isn't all that bad? Is it really ghosting? I can't remember where that came from. Lynn is who she it. is, just as Tony is who she was. All right, that's it. You stay making excuses for these people. All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap up this week's episode. We so appreciate you hanging in there with us. Thank you so much for joining us another week. We appreciate it. Guys, if you want to get in touch with us about anything that you heard on today's podcast, any suggestions, any feedback, comments, you know we love it, let us know. Mm-hmm. You can find us on Instagram at a perspective underscore underscore. You can email us a perspective no e at the end at gmail.com, or you can find us on Facebook, A Perspective with Aaron and Ashley. And make sure that you tell five people and tell them to tell five people as well. We genuinely appreciate the support that you all show us every week. And especially as we've been running through these girlfriend seasons and discussing them, it's been exciting to see and hear you all uh, hear your feedback. So 
thank you. And that's because you're telling five people and they're telling five people. And then when they come to listen, they're telling five people as well. And so we just keep growing. So thank you. Yes. Thank you guys so much. We hope you have a great week. And remember, if you change your perspective, you can change your outcome. A Bye. Da, 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 da. Da da da, Stacey Abrams. Hey, good job. Kind of shot her